0: Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve and Today, I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as co-host of At Weekend Brinkie, 7am to 9am all around Australia. Oh, that's old. It is. Comedian, (laughs) writer, actor, lover of post-it notes, finger food Mm. and being horizontal. Oh, yeah. Humans of Twitter (laughs) is their stories, in their words, in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's edition to the Humans of Twitter list, Joe Stanley.
1: Am I allowed to speak in more than 140 characters for this purpose? That's good to know.
0: depending on it.
1: Mm, There are lots of behinds in that intro as well. Yeah. And I have quite a behind on me, so. (laughs)
0: It's not that that bad. Holy goodness.
1: (laughs) I know, but I'm just like, I'm a classic pear shape, which I've always been aware Mm. of. And thank God, the likes of the Kim Kardashians have brought that it's come in. back in. Oh, they just own it, and I think that's awesome. But then you look at it and you think, "There's no way," particularly like a Nicki Minaj. Mm. You know, she's got no cellulite, but that in, it's got to be implants. Yes.
0: So then I feel betrayed. But I don't think it's <laughs> like it's not saline implants or anything like that, I think they should just taken out her frontal lobe and put it in her ass. <laughs>
1: That's harsh. Yeah. I love Nicki Minaj. Accurate, but harsh. <laughs> I love her. I don't think she's stupid. Do you think when she's is the stupid? Last, when is the
0: last... Well, I'm not... I can't even hold up Oprah as a comparison, but when was the last time that Nicki Minaj did anything that other than deliver some music that that added to the global
1: experience? Well, I don't know. Experience? Well, I Global experience might be a big ask, but I think she's a very good rapper.
0: I'm, I'm sure she is.
1: And I'm not. I'm like so white and so without <laughs> rhythm
0: that
1: someone who's able to rhyme mm. quite tricky words sometimes and speak very quickly, mm. I have a great deal of respect for. Isn't Isn't it a learned skill though? I no, I think it's a talent. I don't think I could learn it if you put me in a room with, you know, a drum machine for 300 years. I don't think I could learn that. Rhyming dictionary
0: and drum machine, <laughs> no, wouldn't help me in any way. <laughs> Joe, in social settings, how do you introduce yourself?
1: Uh, well, it's easier now that I'm going back to full-time radio.
0: Yeah, so Chicago I should correct. The radio. Yeah,
1: I should correct. I'm now not weekend breakfast. Mm-hmm. I am going to be co-hosting breakfast with Lemo mm-hmm. on Gold 104.3. Yes, he is yes, everyone's mate, which is nice because mm-hmm. I'd like to consider myself quite friendly. Yes. So you know, hopefully together we'll be known as the nice show. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Um, so it's easy now. I can say, oh well, I'm I'm am um, I'm a radio host yes. or comedian.
0: On You're radio, always, you right? You always were, though, haven't you? Mate?
1: Well, for the last two years, though, people always go, oh, what are you doing now? And I'd be like, well, I do a million and one different things. Mm-hmm. So I'd say I'm a writer, comedian.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, sometimes when I felt really wanky, I'd say I'm managing my own brand. Nice.
0: <laughs> that is very wanky.
1: Because it's very wanky, but it sort of was an umbrella for everything that I do do.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, it makes sense. It just sounds really like you disappeared up
1: your own ass, which, yeah.
0: you know. But there are, there are people that take that very seriously, that think that their brand, mm. the, the things that they're cultivating of and about themselves, mm. are the saleable product.
1: Well, interestingly, I've been coaching personal brand mm. in the corporate world in the last two years. Yes. And what I've taught is the opposite to what a lot of people think personal brand is. What I, is personal brand, Janice? Well... I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, we teach it as uh, it is the uniqueness of you. It's the thing that uh, makes people talk about you when you leave the room. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the positive experience that they have of you, whatever that might be. What's your brand?
0: (laughs) Gosh, the guy that talks about TV far too much, probably.
1: Yeah. But I would add to that things like... And it's valuable if you want to know what your brand is. It's mm. valuable to ask other people what they think of you. What is
0: my brand, Jo? You know,
1: well, I would add to that things like very friendly,
0: well-researched,
1: mm-hmm. um, well, well researched, like knows a lot, mm. right? Knows, AKA smart-ass. No, but also knows a lot of people. Mm. That's a skill in itself. Yeah. You know, things like that. I don't know. I mean... Can you manipulate your brand away from how people experience you? Because there's the other thing, right? You mm-hmm. might think you know what your brand is, but then it might be
0: actually the opposite to how people experience you. And, and that becomes part of a very critical path for a lot of certain companies, but, but people these days around mm. reinventing yourself to become the yes. new thing of the something or...
1: Well, yeah. I mean, in the corporate world, it can be the difference between getting a promotion or not. Yeah. Or if you choose to change paths from one career to another. Yes. You know, you think about how people are experiencing you. What is your brand? and What's your purpose? Mm. It's very much about purpose. Thanks, Oprah. Yeah. Don't don't be don't be coming down on Oprah though. I love I love her.
0: Did you go? I didn't go. Did you? Yeah, I went. And yeah. and was it was it the unique reverential experience you're expecting? Well, She's preaching to the converted. Mm, there's no people come and look and there. I might think what Oprah's like.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm kind of the converted. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but I will say she was way too long. Yeah. Two hours. Oh, wow. Too much. Yeah. Gosh.
0: Um. And without like an offering or anything. Without an offering. What yeah, do you mean? A, like church. Oh,
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, we didn't get to sing a song or nothing. Oh, gosh. Um, there was no communion. <laughs> I did say, I wrote a thing for News.com, I said it was very much like church, except that alcohol is much more expensive at the labor arena. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> but you get more of it in your cup. Um, no, I, I found her to be, she's like an unbelievable entertainer. Mm. There's no question. But I don't think that that takes away from the message that she gives. Mm. Um, and a lot of people are really cynical about that message, but... If you break it down and you say, all right, well, her main message is to be good to other people and work out what your purpose is in life such that you can be of service, isn't that a great message?
0: Mm. Isn't that just what the the Reformed churches have been preaching for hundreds of years?
1: But um, Oprah's never suggested that she's invented this,
0: this message. That That is very true. She's never come out and said that I am the maker of an author of no, this faith.
1: No, no. Absolutely not. She's just putting it in a very entertaining way. I tell you, I will say the woman who was sitting in front of me, she mm. loved it to the point where she barracked all the way through. Wow. And I was like, yes, you're essentially at a tennis court, but it's <laughs> just pull back on that. Go! Yes, go! I'm like, she's not hitting a forehand here. <laughs> it was so annoying. <laughs> she was so annoying. God. Woo! She was like very much into the wolves. Yeah. No. Mm. Oh. Like you're not getting a free TV. Yeah, here. there's no car under your seat.
0: <laughs> no. There was none of that. Were you yeah. disappointed that there were no big giveaways that she's renowned for? Oh, I never expected that.
1: But I hoped that there might have been more than just her talking at us. And that's all there was, really.
0: For two hours. Two hours. Mm. What was the key takeaway for you?
1: Oh, so many takeaways. Um and she's good at putting things into, like, a sentence, like a meme, basically. Mm. Uh, what happens to you happens for you. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I love that one.
0: What happens to you happens for you. Yeah. What happens near you happens behind you. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: only if you turn around. But what happens to you might feel at the time to be you know the worst thing in the world but mm. there is still a reason for it to be and it, you will gain from it i really do believe that
0: i i think that there as as a society i think that we could be a lot more positive there's no question mm. we we do get bogged down in the negativity and and those sorts of things do you find in yourself that you Uh, are searching for for that kind of stuff to hook onto in that it just affirms, you know, Um, where you're headed?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not like a lot of the people there, I could tell, were looking for an answer Mm -hmm. and they were looking to Oprah for that answer. Whereas I have found the answer in my own faith base. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I I grew up in a Christian family, um, so my faith is definitely in a God Mm -hmm. and my understanding of my purpose comes very much about... You know, empathy and being of service mm-hmm. to a global consciousness. I guess. Um, so I don't look to Oprah for that. I look to her, I suppose, for a reminder. I mm-hmm. guess, and a, a refocusing and and a good laugh. She's got the most brilliant comic timing. I tell you mm. what, she's unbelievable. Um, and what a voice! Like just the timber in her voice is it's pretty good. Oh it? man. I don't know. That does that come from being that beautiful, rich African American kind of? Mm, there's a lot of chest to it? I think so. I think <laughs> yeah. there's certainly
0: elements of that. Yeah. No question.
1: Anyway, so no, I don't. I don't look to Oprah for that. I don't. I'm not seeking answers in pop psychology like mm. that. But I do find it kind of just a little, just a little pick me up in a day, maybe. Mm. Yeah.
0: So where do you find your piece, Joe?
1: P-E-A-C-E piece. Yes, ma'am. Um, um, more and more in mindfulness and mm-hmm. in meditation. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, you know, I've had a lot of years of really not liking myself very much and like everyone, having that struggle with the negative self-talk that you, you know, can be completely manipulated by. Yeah. Uh, and in the last few years, I've, found a real sense of self-compassion through mindfulness practice, which is kind of a version of religion for me. Like mm. it's a version of what I grew up with, going to an Anglican church and sitting in church.
0: Yeah.
1: It's the, the stillness of being, I don't know, in the moment and waiting for just kind of the peace to come to you. Mm. Yeah. Has it? <laughs> i I feel uh happier than I ever have, and i've I've had probably two of the hardest years I've ever had, mm-hmm. so see what happens to you happens for you yeah. <laughs> yeah. so all oh, comes back to Oprah um, yeah, because. In those two years, I've really faced some really difficult things about who I am and what I want to do and whether I am employable and whether I want even to be doing working in this industry and all those things. And you come out the other side just knowing yourself better because you've been strong in times when you thought you weren't going to be strong. Mm. And I've had extreme anxiety and at times some depression and um, I've worked through that with my own sort of commitment to my health. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, yeah, I feel like I'm in a really good place. But, you know, that could last till tomorrow. <laughs> All this afternoon. <laughs> See how we go. That's right. <laughs> I can They're walk still... out of here ready
0: to slip my wrists. <laughs> so still <and> wow. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> so 15 minutes. We've got to dig away our way out, people. What do you find attractive? Hmm.
1: Are funny mm-hmm. and smarts and biceps yeah. <laughs> in that order. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think empathy, mm-hmm. people who are just aware, innately aware of others. And um, I seek beauty. So, you know, like my husband, he loves movies where people get cut up. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: he likes gore. Mm -hmm. He likes TV shows like Breaking Bad and really grim, bleak things like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm just not attracted to that. I find that really affects my, again, it sounds so Oprah, but it affects my energy. Yes. It really does. I think so. I, I find just beauty attractive, yes. you know, by, by that aesthetic beauty,
0: mm.
1: bold ideas and noble thoughts and kindness and
0: butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, How is this utopia you're building for yourself? I know. John? I know. <laughs> I sound as I like a simpleton. <laughs> no, no. It's that those things are all very like reasonable, a- aspirational things to want to be and surround yourself mm. with, and those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, not to say that I shy away from the ugly things in life. Absolutely not. I, like I'm really inspired by the darkness. That's how you are driven to be creative, I think. Mm. But um, I'm not attracted to it, I guess. And your question was, what do you find attractive? Mm. Mm. Footballers too. I'd put them in there. A specific Love code of footballers. footballers. Oh, AFL. Mm. Although I did spend some time in Sydney mm, last year, I think it was, and uh, I remember walking through somewhere in the city and mm. just going, "Wow, these this is a different kind of handsome man up here." Mm. The rugby kind of shape. But yeah, I'm I'm an AFL chick. Oh,
0: but, but that's it's what you grow product up Product of your yeah, yeah. your surroundings. Mm. What's the biggest risk that you've taken?
1: Well, that is an interesting question. I've been thinking a lot about risk.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know if I've really taken enough. I've challenged myself, Mm -hmm. actually, to think about that and do more risk-taking. What do you define as
0: risk? Uh, Anything that you would not doing your day-to-day, something that, that will stretch or... Mm, the stretching, that's
1: what challenge. I... Yeah, that's what I really kind of, you know, I I think... I know, and in fact, again, I've been sort of teaching um, resilience in the corporate world over the, last, over the last couple of years, and we talk a lot about, you know, that's where you grow, yeah. is those times when you're stretching. And I look back and I think, oh, I don't know if I've done a lot of that recently. Probably doing stand-up comedy... Mm. I remember that experience, and I've decided I think I'm going to go back to stand-up for a little while just to sort of challenge myself again because mm. I've been a bit comfortable.
0: But Great I, timing, by the way, to take that back up as soon as you go back into breakfast. Well, I day know. Day.
1: I had decided to go back to it before I got the gig, and now I'm thinking, well, I don't need to do the stand-up now that I've got the gig. But the reason for doing the stand-up still exists regardless of yeah. the gig, so probably I shouldn't be such a wuss and do it. But I'm looking for every excuse, I suppose. Mm. That's that makes it a risk.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. Um biggest risk. People are funny how they think like you know, in my writing, like for you know, Sunday life columns and stuff, I'll write things like talking about being in therapy mm. and people write me emails saying they were so brave. So brave. And I just go. I I, you know, there are men and women serving in the armed forces, Mm. (laughs) writing a story about doing, going to therapy for 10 years. I don't know if that's brave. But I got my hair cut. I had so many people say, oh my God, that's really brave. (laughs) 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 I'm like, I just got my hair cut. As far as I know, it will grow. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's that brave. But for now, (laughs) brave. Brave. I don't know. I, I don't know. So, yeah, I I couldn't say I'm much of a risk taker and I don't like that in myself. I'm challenging myself over the next year to take some more risks. Like, see, I don't like mm -hmm. fun, right? Everything that people would classify as fun, Mm -hmm. speed, heights, water, uh, going underground, um, like anything like that,
0: I just won't do. All of them lead to very serious possible bodily injury.
1: Yeah. It's like, and there's, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> the risk is much more than, than fear of physical harm.
1: You're right. I think emotional risk is far greater challenging than throwing yourself outside of a mm. plane, but I still wouldn't ju- throw, jump out of a plane. No chance in hell.
0: There's not enough parachutes in the world to get me falling out of a perfectly fine plane. I know,
1: right? Like, what are people thinking?
0: And it's for seconds. You know, you have this experience where you're free-falling for a few seconds and then they open the parachutes and then you seemingly controlled fall to the ground. Someone told me, I'm not sure if this is right,
1: but someone told me that in those moments when you're in the free-falling part, you can get really bad motion sickness, which to me sounds horrific.
0: (laughs) Particularly for the guy that you're strapped to,
1: Exactly right. Um, Yeah, so emotional risk. Um... Yep, haven't done much of that either. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm a very safe person and I think I could probably challenge myself more there. Mm. <laughs> Disappointing what? answer. Not really.
0: <laughs> what happened to you the last time your heart was broken?
1: God, I can't remember. I've been married 16 years. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean romantic. No, it doesn't. Um, I'm trying to think the last time my heart got broken. Uh, I guess being a parent is heartbreaking, Mm. don't you reckon? Mm. Every single minute of it. Because from the moment that you're aware of that being... So, you know, from the moment you're aware that you're pregnant or for a guy when you're holding that child in your arms, when it is delivered or whatever, whenever that moment is that you're kind of sentient Mm -hmm. of it, there's the chance it could go away. Mm -hmm. And that's just...
0: You spend the entire time with that child preparing for them to leave you. Yeah. To look at it one way.
1: Yeah, and and the fear. Like, it's a giant leap of faith because this could end really heartbreakingly badly, mm. and on top of that, the older they get, the nastier they get to you.
0: <laughs> it doesn't happen. What happens to you, Jo, happens for
1: you. <laughs> no, that is so true. But, you know, they say horrible things to you. Well, my daughter's only told me she hate, hates me once. She's almost
0: seven. Have you had that? Only once. Mm, Haven't had the I hate you from my daughter. She's eight, turning 18. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, so far, touch glass. Very Mm. lucky that they are, they make it very grumpy with with decisions that my wife or I make. But, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, it's. Yeah, so that's, you know, everything about parenthood I think is heartbreaking in one way or another. Like even just like, oh, she's finishing prep and at the end of year mass, like I got teary Mm -hmm. just because your heart's breaking for like the hot, you're overwhelmed by both pride and fear of whatever her future holds and the beauty of Mm. that potential that's in that little person. And, oh, that breaks my heart every time I look at her. Mm. And she's, you know, generally really easy, but there are some children who are just horrific as Mm. well. Very hard. Yeah. I have a friend whose daughter says I hate you to her every day. At some point, that's hard. Yeah, although she's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> get it. Get a different tune. <laughs> I've heard it too many times now. So, yeah, it's ongoing that heartache.
0: Yeah. Mm. Were you the kind of kid to say to your mum or dad, "I hate you"? No. I was terrified of my
1: mum. My dad wasn't around; he died when I was four. Mm. But my mum uh, ruled us with considerable discipline, mm. and uh, yeah, we just would not answer back to our mother. No, he had learned not no, that was not an do option. Do not answer back. Yeah. Consequently, my daughter answers back all the time. <laughs> 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 don't don't Gosh. you think when you when you become a parent yourself I will not do it that way because that tortured me as a kid whatever it might have been
0: mm-hmm. and then you create a monster the other way oh yeah there are definitely things that I see how my parents raised myself and my brother and sisters mm. that I said yeah that's not happening we're not doing that yeah and there have been, there have been a few things where I've caught myself I've gone man we're doing exactly the same thing yeah um, but then others where we've gone no, no we're definitely not doing that but we've Kind of thrown a little bit, not the complete extreme other side, but going a little bit too far. Yeah. Way. So, oh no, no, let's let's get the right balance here. Yeah. People. I mean, we're all just doing our best, aren't we? We're supposed to be
1: trying anyway.
0: Some do better bests than others. It's
1: true. Some you see, do. some parents
0: that just, it, it, I really am concerned for <sighs> what is happening in that relationship. I
1: know. I know. I really. What do you like? I, I saw I was on a plane once, and I heard this woman screaming at her kid, and I just thought, it's not the kid's already crying, so stop screaming at it. Mm -hmm. Kid's gonna keep crying if you scream. Just show a bit of compassion. Mm. I don't know. We're all bad parents at some moment,
0: inevitably, because we're all we're all going to make a decision that. and on the whole, I like mm. to think that we're going to make decisions that are in the best interest of the, of the child. Yeah. In doing that, and sometimes we will make selfish decisions that maybe aren't oh. in the best interest of the kid. But well, certainly we're flawed work out
1: ourselves. For us. Well, I tell you, the other day, I yeah, because I'm okay. So I've got this absolutely like obsession about not teaching her my mm-hmm. daughter to consider herself to blame for other people's bad behaviour. Sure. Right. Because I think we are raised to think that. And Mm. at at its most extreme, that's Mm. when women blame themselves for being the victim of abuse, right? So I'm really, really determined. However, I, I was running late and she would not. She just won't fucking get dressed for school, right? <laughs> I don't know how many times I've asked you, please get dressed for school. We've got to go. We've got to go. We're running late. We're running late.
0: This is the real reason you're going back to Brigham. Oh, yeah.
1: fuck yes.
0: <laughs>
1: no, no school drop off. We
0: are through the looking glass,
1: people. <laughs> so anyway, I was running late and I got to school, got to her drop off. Yeah. And I had, I, re- I, looked in my bag and realised I'd left my wallet at home. And I said to her, this is your fault because you made me late. And the look on her face just looked so heartbroken because I'd blamed her. And it wasn't her fault that I forgot my wallet. It was not her fault. So, anyway, I dropped her off and then I went home and got my wallet and went to work and just cried all the way to work because I felt so bad for saying that to her Mm. because that's just teaching her that she's, She's not responsible for my bad behaviour. Anyway, so I was I was in such a bad state all day I went to the point where I was ready to go and pick her up early from school mm. to say, I'm so sorry, I should never have said that. And her little face crumpled up and, oh, my God, I just felt terrible. And I picked her up at 3.30 and I gave her a big hug and I could barely even wait to get back to the car to say, I'm sorry that I said that. And when I told her, she looked at me and she's gone, what? <laughs> I said, you know where I said that thing and I told you it was your fault? It was not your fault. It's never your fault when other people behave badly. You did not make me. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know. And she's gone, Ah, oh. No, I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> <laughs> the whole day. The whole day I've been beating myself. So the answer to that is. Or well, the moral of that story is just do it anyway. Don't even worry about it. What happens to you happens for what you. What happens to you happens for you. That is true. I learned a lot from that day. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: oh. Yes. I, I think it can be very easy for adults to... Um, some find it very humiliating, and I think that's the wrong way to look at it, but to, to humble themselves mm. uh, when they have made the wrong decision mm. in front of or about their kids or mm. accused them falsely. or And uh, it's particularly for people with multiple kids. When you at one kid because you think they did the thing right, and the other kid did it and you right. don't find out until uh, at the end, yeah. or even worse, when you're mid-flight and you're at kid and then Ooh. no, no, it was other kid... Changing gears can be really tough Mm. because you've then got to be at kid and then still, you know, pull back, apologise or address, okay, it wasn't you, I'm sorry, but you're in a lot of trouble now. Mm.
1: I think that is one of the marks of our generation of parenting in that we, I think, are willing to make ourselves more human for our kids. Mm. I don't think our parents did that much. There was a real divide. I do reckon there was a divide between parents and children.
0: Yeah, I think reflecting the generation generational relationship they had with their parents. Yes, absolutely. Where it was very definite, you are a child and yeah. children are seen and not heard and all that stuff. Yeah. That's worn off now. Yeah. Now it's like now kids rule the earth. Yes. Parents live through their kids yeah. in various formats. Yeah. And how dare you say that about my little Portia? Yeah.
1: She's, she's amazing
0: <laughs> and will be the next Prime Minister. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Push. Please, God, never let us have a prime minister called Push. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're you're right. Um, and Vice
0: President Ellen,
1: I don't know. Anyway, yes. And there's positives about that and negatives.
0: Mm.
1: You know, that's why children are such high achievers now. It, they that put us to shame. Oh my God, they're so well-spoken and so assertive and. You know, I just can't. Like, you see 14-year-olds speaking like they are 30, and I think, where's your God-given (laughs) self-loathing? That's what I was when I
0: was 14. (laughs) It's probably all wrapped up in their eating disorder, though, (laughs) Joe.
1: Yeah, there's a fair amount of that going around still, so, yeah. Mm. They're not free of that shit, that's
0: true. And I don't say that to make light of it either. No, God, no. That there's no. some people that do deal with some pretty, fairly heavy stuff. I absolutely,
1: like, absolutely. And I'm not suggesting they've got it easy. They've got it harder. Ugh, social media. Ugh. No. As we but, <laughs> as we sit around on a podcast for social media. I know. so
0: great. Shut up, kids. It's... <laughs> I, I struggle... As, as a parent of a 10-year-old of a and an 8-year-old.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: because both uh, myself and my wife are, are on Twitter. Yeah. And, you know, the kids will see us checking it, you know, every now and you know, doing mm. sorts of things. And, and Luke, uh, uh, my eldest, has made some... Int- oh, you know, can I... Because we'll show the pictures. And here's, you know, this person said this about this because we said that you did a good thing. And they are yeah. very complimentary. And he sort of started to say, oh... And not serious, but, you know, can, when can I get on Right, Twitter? When can I do that sort of stuff? Have you
1: got an age in mind? Because well, isn't there an age limit? Is there an age yeah, well, for like, Facebook? Well, there this is the catch, it? right? Yeah.
0: You're meant to be, I think it's at least 13 for right. both. Right, right. Um, but that's like, you know, sure, you know, yeah, click OK and yeah. off you we go. Um, we're, we're not going to rush him into it. Certainly I'm not going to set up his Twitter no. account. No, That's not going to happen. Um to to be brutally honest, it will it will have to be him coming to talk to us and say, "I'd really like to, you know, can I?" And I I trust him enough to do that. He would do that. He wouldn't just go and set it up.
1: Is it like, I don't want to know a purpose? Like, what mm. do you want to do with it?
0: Because yeah. you
1: want it, you have to have a sense of responsibility. You're being handed, you
0: know, a very
1: powerful tool. I also <laughs> acknowledge know?
0: that for him at ten, when he does either get, you know, peer pressured or chooses mm-hmm. to get involved in social media, I can almost guarantee it's not going to be Facebook or Twitter. Oh, no, it won't. It'll be, be Snapchat Yeah, or yeah Snapchat or yeah, we'll, t- whatever tinder, the hell. Tinder, if I ever find that on his phone, uh-huh, he's dead. Uh-huh. Um, like any <laughs> yeah, of those kinds of things. Yeah. Or whatever the next thing is. Oh, yeah. Um, and I just, to some degree, I despair with that.
1: Yeah. Oh. well, you know, I'm sure you've gone to the schools um online safety talks that they give and we went to one and i came out of there just like sick with worry there you go broken heart again just you just how do you keep up with the changes that are out there and they're going to be faster than you and this guy painted a picture of evil children all night long sneaking through the house trying to get the Wi-Fi back on and, you know, picking the locks of the drawers that their phones have been locked into. <laughs> it's shit. I'm like, oh, my God. My child is just going to turn into a fucking, I don't know what.
0: Petty criminal. Yeah,
1: just to get on online. But, you know, you see her already at almost seven. She sees me saying mm. as your kids. Hmm, Maybe that looks interesting.
0: I want a bit of that.
1: I'm still battling the ear piercing, though, so that that's okay. If I can focus on the ear piercing.
0: Yeah, that if that your then. daughter wants and you don't want yeah, her to have it yet. Yeah, yeah. Is there an inevitability? Yes, when you're, like, have we said, oh, yeah. a negotiated deadline?
1: I've gone with 13 at this point, knowing I'll probably get talked down yep. to maybe 12 or 11. No less than 11. Probably Se- 10.
0: 10. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's coming. There's no question. Yeah. How would yeah. you feel if uh, uh, an auntie brought her home from the shops when oh. her ears pierced? Firstly, they wouldn't. Mm. They know well enough not oh. to.
1: I would be ropeable. Ropeable. And I've heard people do that, like mm. grandparents, yeah.
0: Grandparents are the worst. And the best the worst. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, it's not... Oh, my God. But same thing, like, I used to get emails from people who... Um, you know, their kids would be in the car, mm-hmm. and I might have said a little something too, um, <laughs> let's say, frank about how babies were made. Yes. And they're like, it's not your place to be telling my kid how, you know, babies are made. I'm like, well, at what point were you going to tell them? It's not a secret, and mm-hmm. it's actually kind of important information Has to share with ever. them. <laughs> yeah, like oh god, people would be they'd be furious about because I I'd, I'd taken that away mm. from them, that power, I guess. And they you know they deserve the right to be able to share the story as they wish. But I'm someone who like my daughter. She's known ever since I can. She's she knows how babies made. She knows penis and vagina, mm. where they go, all about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of that's important to me. But other people, their parents make their own decision, don't they?
0: They do. Sometimes, and this is, again, probably products of our generation growing up and becoming parents. Some parents feel that they need to set the rules for everybody, though.
1: Some parents do feel like that.
0: They're usually the people that are in charge of the PNF or, you know, they're fussing around. and yeah
1: there is something about reproducing that makes people very judgmental.
0: Mm. Really? Like well, all you've done is successfully married a sperm and an egg, guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then but then they, you know, I think they feel like your actions somehow impact on them. It's like, well, you've got to understand that we are coexisting, but we're not actually living, we're not related in any way. If I'm not harming you, mm. I will let my kid you know. Sing at the top of her voice as she walks through Kmart. That's that's her thing. She yeah. likes doing that. Too loud. I had someone say that to her. Too loud.
0: Like Not it's loud a enough. Fucking shopping centre. It's it's crazy, isn't it, because there are societal norms that we still adhere to. Mm. yet some 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 of them are up for grabs, some of them are are set in stone.
1: I think I'm a stickler for a societal norm
0: though. Mm. Sometimes like, we need to be a society. Yeah. Otherwise it's just nudity and guns on the street.
1: Yeah, I'm not keen on the guns on the street. Nudity. Mm. I did see a guy once with. I was on the beach in Byron Bay and it was not a nudist beach. Mm. And the guy was fully nude. But you did say Byron Bay at the start. It of was day. Byron Bay. <laughs> but Willow, my daughter, wasn't. She was maybe four. Mm. She was not into seeing that guy nude. Mm. So I can kind of concur, I guess, with that societal norm. Some kids don't want to see other guys that aren't related to them naked. Yeah. Uh, But I really quite like societal norms like pleases and thank yous. Yes. Just good manners.
0: It's not hard, is it?
1: It's really important to me. I would be happy if my kid was a shoplifting fiend as long as she said (laughs) pleases and thank yous
0: as she left (laughs) please can i get out of this uh, shoplifting charge thank you i'm going now i just you know be polite yeah has politeness ever got you out of trouble
1: Uh, I don't know if I get into trouble though. I can't think of a time when I've got in. I'm really quite dull from that point of view. Like, I'm not rude. Mm -hmm. My husband tells me that I, and this is what I'm returning to, because for the last two years I've slept normally, but. When I am in the fog of breakfast radio, apparently I tend to fresh air people, <laughs> right? Because I don't notice. Mm. I'm very um, vague and in my own headspace and also extremely tired. And so I might be walking through the street and someone might sort of stop to say hello or catch my attention whatever, um, and I'll just sail on oblivious and that's, obviously kind of rude and Daz will say you just fresh aired that person and they looked pretty put out by that. And I feel terrible. But what can I do? I can't hunt them down to say sorry. I did it to Maddie Richardson once apparently, who I love because <laughs> I love footballs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what do you do? But I've not had the opportunity for my politeness to get me out of that trouble because I couldn't go back to find them. But I'm not really... I don't know. I'm not a person that gets into trouble. I'm a very... You know, I grew up a good girl. Mm. Didn't like getting into trouble. Even though... I mean, you know, I did the drinking and smoking at 15 and stuff like everyone, but mm. aside
0: from that, I was a very good girl. And yet here we are. Yeah. Um, if if yeah. I can ask, if it's all right with you... Sure. I notice that there is a little tattoo on the inside of your wrist. Oh yeah. Um, what can you describe what it is and, and what it means?
1: Okay, so it is a not an actual symbol. Uh, it's like a stylized version of a symbol for the for now. Mm-hmm. So it's two sort of kind of like arrows where the pointy bit of the arrow is facing each other and there's a space between the two pointy bits, and that represents the perfect moment between the completed past and the imagined future.
0: What prompted that?
1: Um, I read a book that changed my life Mm -hmm. by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now, and um, it just got me out of this cycle of spending pretty much most of my 20s and a lot of my 30s Still kinda well, obsessing over how horrible my past had been and being terrified of the future. And so it just sort of trained me to live in the now and let all of that go. Because really the only time that exists is this moment right now, between you and me. That's Does. the only moment that exists.
0: Does that forgive consequences?
1: Hmm. Um, No. Mm. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's not like the past and its ramifications disappear Mm. with the ticking clock, but there's no point in just obsessing over it or living in that moment still, that heartbreaking moment, whatever it was in the past. It's not relevant anymore. Let it go, move on. Create a different present you have that power. Like, it's really enla- empowering. It's really, mm-hmm. for me, it was very freeing to just go, oh, my God, that doesn't need to be any me anymore. I don't need to be that person.
0: It, it allowed you to take, um, take ownership of some of those mm. things and, and to, to define something that was probably a little bit abstract for you is what I'm hearing. Yeah, clear? and to
1: just step into, well, right now, I could sit around and go, oh, you know, I'm really sad. This happened, that happened, whatever. Well, that's really fucking up the, what I'm doing right now and it's affecting the person that I am. Or I could go, yes, that happened. That created a lot of the qualities that I have in myself, but I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm yeah. going to step into today and be really active and and, and have define a purpose and, and work towards that and just be liberated by the fact that this moment here is all that matters and mindfulness for me is is exactly that it's just like oh sitting here and going look what a beautiful opportunity to look out at the sunshine and have a great conversation Mm. in a really lovely um hotel room that um has basically the same carpet you see in every single hotel room (laughs) around the world (laughs)
0: and
1: you know like like to really kind of be aware of The blessing you have in this moment rather Mm. than dwell on the shit that may have happened in the past or the fear of what might happen in the future, which is the most ridiculous thing to dwell on, but Mm -hmm. we all do, like fair enough to kind of replay shit that happened in the past, but to actually create stuff that hasn't happened yet, that is a very special kind of madness that I have been in and many people, most of us, I think all of us do that.
0: What are you going to achieve in the next 12 months?
1: Hmm. Well, principally I plan to have a great deal of fun creating fun, warm, spontaneous, um, real, authentic radio, Mm -hmm. which pretty much every radio station would say. Yes. But as it's coming from me and Limo, you know, it'll be our very special way of doing that, however that is, I don't know. Haven't started. So that's my first goal for the year. And then beyond that, I plan to, um, I'm writing a book. I'm going Mm. to write a book. And I'm, I think I'll do stand-up. Now I've said it.
0: God damn you! It's very real. (laughs) God damn you! It's not my fault. What
1: have you done?
0: What I've done (laughs) is have an excellent (laughs) conversation with you, Joe Stanley. It has been absolutely delightful. Oh, I, I'm really cross at
1: myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. Yeah, I, I, you can hold me to responsibility for that. Good. And I said
0: that. And thank we you. Will.
1: That was a very enjoyable
0: conversation. Well, thank you. And, mm. and, and uh, it's, uh, it's always wonderful to speak with people like yourself who are so willing to be honest and open. The, mm. the stuff that you've shared today is very important and you're highly valued, Joe. Thank oh, you thanks. For, for sharing that. That's lovely. It's very clear that you are on on the Twitter. Uh, Do you have any other social accounts that you want to admit to?
1: Uh, I'm on Facebook, Mm -hmm. Real Joe Stanley. Instagram, Real Joe Stanley.
0: It's very on brand.
1: I know. Well, you know, there was another Joe Stanley, so I went with Real Joe Stanley, hoping that people would see it as me saying that I'm real as in authentic, not fake, rather than real as in... The fake
0: one that was holding up the accounts. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I don't know. It's all wanky, though, isn't it? That's a hard thing to. Pick in a name for
0: any social account. Oh, thing is, tough.
1: It, it is anyway. Whatever. Yep, yeah, that's that's where I am. Real. Just now. and You can find me there
0: as well. Gig details.
1: Yeah, and um, yes, <laughs> uh, and my podcast, the Unknown Podcast.
0: Yes, which mm. is a great listen.
1: Mm, so
0: so fun. This has been humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Real Joe Stanley is indeed human. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am, I am real. (laughs)